Hey y'all, this is Ty. I'm Shell. And I'm Q. And you're listening to the Triple Faith Walk Podcast, the show that provides perspective on the Bible and Christian living while encouraging authentic relationships with God. Hey y'all, it's Shell. On this episode, we'll be talking about obedience. Let's get into this prayer. Um, Father God, we come to you um, as humble as we know how, asking you to guide our minds, hearts, and spirit um, as we try to deliver your word to your people. Um, please guide our tongue. Um, please guide our hearts. Again, please guide our minds. Um, let us be a vessel to continue to do your work. Um, let those who's listening to this podcast receive something of substance and to make it transferable into their daily lives. Father God, we thank you. Um, in the year of the Son, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 That was a nice prayer. You know, you know, I, they do call me a prayer warrior of this generation. <laughs> <laughs> they do call me a prayer warrior of this generation. Now, I don't like to be recorded on my prayers, but if I need to get down on my knees and in the prayer closet, you know, I can Amen. do that. I, I really want a prayer closet. I don't Ain't enough space in my closet for that right now, but I need a prayer closet. I just you talking praying. about the closet. I just need the so, knees. You talking about the so child when I lived in my apartment with my roommate in my room, you know I got well, you ain't been in my house, but somebody just told me it don't look like one person live in my three bedroom house. That's it's like five people can live here, but we ain't gonna talk about it. So when I lived in one room of the the house, I had a prayer pillow that I used for my knees and like where my nightstand was, when it was prayer time, I acted like it was my prayer closet, right? I got in the corner and mm. put my pillow down. So you can just make any room a closet. Yeah, I do. I got my prayer pillow now because these knees ain't what they used to be. And so I be... I'm trying to tell you. I have to put the pillow down you. and then pray. But I be like, it, it is important. You know, sometimes just the normal prayer is not enough. You got to get down on your knees. So, you, hear me? you know, that prayer pillow was so good. It was actually a unicorn. But I turned into a prayer pillow. I had to give it away because my friend was struggling. I said, you need my prayer pillow. I'm going to get this to you. Come on, you helping oh, other beautiful. people's prayer life. Well, because she was struggling, child. And I, like sometimes you got to pray for yourself. So yeah. my prayers was going up for But I'm like, here, use my tools. Yeah. Okay. Mm. God's well, going to give you a whole couch next time. He's going to exactly. move from a cushion mm. to a couch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about to play with y'all today, but I told y'all I was at work all day, so they're going to have to get queased. Can somebody, can, I mean, can we start with definitions of obedience and accountability? I feel like that's important. You, which, which, uh, you on Google Dictionary, you on Merriam and Webster, who you on? Whoever. All right. See, even Siri could tell us. Well, I'm, I'm going to get it for you. Mm. What they be saying at the church? Accountability. The fact or condition of being accountable, responsibility. Let's look up accountable there. Because that wasn't enough for me. Accountable. We need a little more. We need a little more. Uh, Required or uh, expected to justify actions or decisions. Responsible. Understandable. Okay. Um, I feel like understandable is a stretch, but I show ain't no dictionary, but I definitely. Okay, I like this one. Accountability is an assurance that an individual, and in this sense, an organization is elevated on its performance or behavior related to something for which it is responsible. I like that. And hmm. that is from techtarget.com. Come on, tech. Um, so I'm going to read that again. Accountability is an, ins- an assurance that an individual or organization is evaluated on its performance or behavior related to something for which it is responsible. Mm. Okay, and then we're going to, we need obedience. Obedience. How you spell obedience? Obedience. Blessed Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Obedience. Like, don't y'all talk about me, even the listeners. We we listening now. Dang, I just had it. It went away. O-B-I-E-N-C-E. Obedience, compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to an, another's authority. Okay, mm. come on. Okay, that's good. That's, that's good. good. That's good. That's good. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. Yeah, one yeah. more time. Compliance mm-hmm. with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. I could be All a right. church secretary. Oh, you uh, you might be on to something. You could probably send the emails and everything. 
I can't send emails. I type like I talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alicia consistent. Alicia <laughs> consistent. Okay. Amen. So, you know, we just gonna free flow today. But the reason why we brought this up was because King David was a. I'm just kidding. Um, but no, for real, King yeah. David. He didn't obey no law. He was not on his best. Be- yeah, he did. He did good. He did good until he saw that beautiful woman by the name of Bathsheba. Yeah. And I mean, he was. I, I feel like King David was obedient to God before he got to that point, right? Like, I think he did good. But ultimately, he was. He was conniving. He was strategic when he was being disobedient because. Bathsheba was married, but he wanted her anyway. And what did he do, y'all? What did he do to Uriah? Got him killed. He did have mm. him killed. And, and so for those of y'all who don't know, this is coming from the Old Testament, Second Samuel um, chapter 11 and chapter 12. So this is this is where that story is coming from. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So not, So first of all, he was strategic in it because he had him go on the front line. He just he didn't just say he got to go. He put that man on the front line um, so that he could be with his wife. And you got to read the story for yourself. But just know that Bathsheba got pregnant with King mm-hmm. David's child. And because he was disobedient, because of how he acted towards Uriah, he was held accountable for his actions. And the Lord took away their child. Um, and that is that is an extreme case, honestly. I think it's an extreme case. But, um, yeah, that's where this came from, y'all, because I was like, mm, he did so good. He did so, so good. And then the flesh was weak, and boom, it escalated quickly. Um, I don't know where y'all really want to go from here, but let me tell y'all one other thing I thought about with, with this, uh, <laughs> this obedience and accountability. Um, y'all remember Moses? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. When, when that man, when that man hit that rock, like he ain't had no sense to make the water come out. To make the water come out, he was supposed to use that the way God told him to use that, and instead he was angry at them folks, and he hit that rock two times, like he ain't had no common sense. And for that reason, <laughs> you was you gonna say he hit it like he ain't had no common sense? You <laughs> you was you must have been there with. <laughs> Where, wait, first of all, where is that in the text, y'all? Because he did, I mean, he was wrong. He must have had an attitude when he did it because yeah. why would God hold him accountable and say, well, now you're not going to lead my people to the promised land because you ain't had no common sense in that rock like that. Let I'm going to go find it. Go. I'm going to go find the text. So I think, okay, so thinking about obedience, I feel like this, this is a hard thing. So I feel like this is the part I think that really takes people from that kind of, I just believe in God, but I'm not really obedient or that lukewarm kind of state. Because when we start being obedient to God, it's you start, you start having to change stuff in your life. And I feel like Mm -hmm. sometimes we, we don't be ready to change. Sometimes we don't want to change and that can be very difficult. So I guess where we can kind of start is, when do you feel like, as an adult, and I don't want to say as a kid, because as a kid, I feel like we we was still figuring out God. We was just going based off of what we was being told. But as an adult, when do you feel like you became intentional about being obedient to God? Even if it wasn't, you know, in every area, where do you feel like you became intentional about being obedient to God? Mm. So for me, I think, one, I think mine did start as a child, because I was very intellectual and wanted to know the why behind certain things. So I'm not going to say I advanced more than others, like faster than others, but I definitely knew at least right from wrong what I should be doing, like on a smaller scale, like not digging super and things of that nature because a lot of things were kind of like forced upon you or figured out Mm -hmm. for you. But when it came to like right or wrong or meaning decisions, and I think that that's when the Bible talks about, you know, train up a child. So I definitely think that early on it got introduced. And then coupled with that, I think obedience is a ongoing thing for me. 
Um, and I think that it, it displays in different ways in different areas of my life, which it shouldn't. I'm going to start with there. It should be consistent because I clearly know right from wrong what I should be doing, what I should not be doing. But then you know how they be like, it's the good person, the good angel on one shoulder and then the bad angel on another shoulder. <laughs> and so when yeah. I be making a decision, I know what to do. But then right. the, other, the, other, the other thing be like, just it ain't gonna hurt one time. You can you can repent. You can repent. Go have fun and then repent. That's what it be saying. That's what it be saying. It be like not the angel be saying that's what Jesus died. For. No, that the devil be saying that. The look, the, the the red one be saying that. Not the not the white one. The white one be like, no, okay, what's right? You know what you need to do. But then the red one, this shoulder right here, you see it. They can mm-hmm. see me. I can't see me on the podcast. It be like, go ahead. You can repeat. That's how your angel sound. Mm-hmm. Be like, mm-hmm. The funny looking angel or the or the white angel with the, the funny name? looking one. The funny oh, looking okay. angel. It'd be like mm-mm. You can repeat. <laughs> he say you can because you know the devil knows scripture too. So it'd be like he was an angel. He was you, an angel. You know what I'm saying? So I think that again, obedience looks different ways. And I and I know that I can do it because like, for instance, I like to go out, I like to have a good time, but that doesn't necessarily mean I need to be drinking, I need to be, you know, doing certain things. And for a long time, I, w- I could go out, have a good time, be home in a decent hour. Like, when the club start turning up for real, I'd be like, all right, y'all, got to go. But then other times, it'd be like, <laughs> you shouldn't have came because I'm going to go all in. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I also know that I do have the strength and the willpower not to do so. And I just make conscious decisions to do certain things. Um, okay. And then I think that that's where the fine line of obedience come in. Because if I was truly walking in faith and truly doing what I was supposed to be doing and know what I was supposed to be doing, I wouldn't even go. You know what I'm saying? Unless you get like some food early on before, you know, the drinking and the turn up and the ratchetness and the good time. You know what I'm saying? I can go have a good time at home, cook me some dinner, save me some money, because I, I can't pray to ask God to help me save some money. Then I'm out in the club spending twenty dollars on a shrimp plate. <laughs> oh, my lord! I mean, if we go, we be not a shrimp plate. I well, hope it was fried, honey, because do anything be else, not fried twenty dollars. Fried and butterfly with a side of fries. And mm. not to uh, mention my little liquid courage I be having. But we ain't gonna go into that. Uh, y'all turn, y'all turn. Don't let me be just taking up the mic. Um, when did we first start taking accountability for ourselves? When did you when did you first start becoming intentional and being obedient to God? So it depends, right? Um, uh, now I have to be uh, okay, Kwamika. Don't be, don't be queen. Get it together. So let me think. So it depends, right? Because I think at a younger age, it was different because honestly, there was so much in the Bible that we had to just be intentional about the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's just like, you wasn't killing nobody. You know, you know, it was easier. But then as you get older and you start to make sense of what's in the Bible, you start to learn about the different expectations that God has for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit different. So intentionality, yes, Ten Commandments for sure, right? But then once you start learning more and as you gain independence from your mama's household or your daddy's household or your parents' household, it's a whole different, it's a whole different kind of flesh on the other side. Um, so, you know, I think it just depends. I will say life had to hit a pretty darn hard rock bottom for me to be like, okay, God, I hear you. I'm going to do better. So maybe like a year ago, year and a half, two years, 2019, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, your schedule busy from from sun up to sundown and you got a whole bunch of other stuff you get into you don't have time to really reflect right um and i think that was important so 2020 because i the world stopped at least my world stopped going as fast as it was and i started being more intentional about reading my bible um but then also too trying to reflect self-reflect i always talk about that in these podcasts is podcast is a word uh, I, I sure did and it, it sounded kind of good so we ain't gonna edit it out but 
I think slowing down, having the ability to self-reflect, I learned in 2020 that I needed to hold myself more accountable to what God was expecting of me. Mm. So hopefully that answers the question. What about you, girl? Um, well, first, let me just say, I think as a child, I was going to say I was very obedient and that was about to be a straight lie, <laughs> y'all, because as a child, I was anything but and I actually, I, the real, the real thing is, y'all, I have a really um, big issue <laughs> with authority. But as a child, when I first was introduced to like the Bible and the Ten Commandments, I really was like, I became the most obedient person <laughs> to these rules, and I think I understood God in the wrong way as a kid because I was like okay these are the rules we got to follow them and if you not follow them you going to hell I condemned mm-hmm. everybody to hell I condemned my sister to hell my god sister they was cussed and I said that's it for y'all you know like and this was me <laughs> as a kid now exactly it's it for you ain't no salvation <laughs> as I got older and really started to understand what, you know, what salvation means and really understand God um, in that way. I think even then I struggle a lot with being obedient um, because I mean, at this point I'm, I'm grown, I'm out my mama's house. I got freedom. I'm like, I'm gonna do what I want to do, but God was still like the foundation in me. So I feel like I went back and forth a lot and I would have conviction, but then still be doing what I wanted to do, you know? And, and that's a a hard place to be in because, you know, God speaks to us and will place conviction on your heart to let Mm. you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And this is what you're not supposed to be doing. And so it's, you know, very evident when you know you're out of alignment with God. Um, And right, right. You know, and I think um, even though I have always made sure that God has been a part of my life in some way, the same in 2020, 2020 had different. Um, and I was in a very different place. I was in a broken place and I had to become a lot more intentional because I was like, listen, God, I see where me doing what I want to do got me, you know, and where it's landed me. And I don't ever want to be here again. So, you know, and okay. not to say, not to say that, you know, you're not going to, experience hardships or anything like that but I knew that at least if I'm going to be experiencing hardships I wanted it to be something that was going to grow me closer towards God and so I was like you know I need to change what I'm doing and be obedient and listen to the thing that the things that he's telling me to do and to work on I can I can definitely agree and I think 2020 was actually a great year for me, but I think it's because I went through that kind of thing in 2018. I went through it twice, actually. Once in college, and thank God for my, he ain't my real cousin, and I still don't know if he knows this, but, like, I ain't gonna say necessarily save my life, because I was not suicidal or anything. Not saying that it is nothing wrong with being suicidal. Get help. If y'all want the 1-800 number, I'll let you know. Well, I'm not saying it's nothing. It came out wrong. Like, I just don't want people to feel shame. (laughs) Sorry. sorry. I don't want you to feel... I was sitting here people like, wait feel, a minute now. now. I don't want people to feel shame because a lot of that, you know, they don't seek help because they feel shame. So I'm not shaming right. you if you are. I'm just making a statement that I wasn't. So when I say he saved my life, you know, some people are like, oh my God, what was you thinking about in college? Uh, it was just more stuff like I was at a, you know, breaking point transitioning in friendships. I didn't go to the college I necessarily wanted to go to, all this kind of stuff. So I had like this, I would have called a midlife crisis, but you know, I made it past that midway mark. So it was like a quarter life crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2018, when I moved to Baton Rouge alone with no family, no friends, and just up and picked up my life, like Hugh was saying earlier, you know, it's a difference when you sit in it, right? Like, I don't mm-hmm. have the necessarily the distractions that I have back home because I don't have no friends where I'm going. I'm going to work then I'm coming home. You know, I'm making friends and I'm starting to develop these relationships. But 90% of the time when I first moved there, I was sitting in it, right? Um, so it's kind of just like, um, by, and it was a lot of work. You know, it was a lot of Bible reading. I think I became more consistent in bed moves too um, because I can barely make it to church at 11 o'clock in St. Louis. In bed rooms. I was getting up and going to church at 8 a.m., you know, um, mm. because, again, I was disciplined. It was a routine. It was I was praying. I was trying to be steadfast and not saying I was perfect, 
But again, when I don't have, and I'm not trying to tell people either to cut everybody out their life and to be, to minimize distractions. But when you do minimize distractions to really form and develop your relationship with God, sometimes isolation is, and I don't, I don't want to call it isolation because I also do, like definitely believe in relationships, but being, figuring things out for yourself, like, like, like one of y'all just said, like you didn't have mom around to say certain things. You grown, you on your own. What does this look like for me? Like, Again, I couldn't go to church at 11 o'clock barely. I'm walking in 11.30, 11.45. But now that I'm figuring out for myself, I'm getting up and going to church at 8 o'clock. People shocked at me like, you up? Yeah, I'm up. But I also didn't go to the club last night. You know, so I had time to actually sleep, get some rest. That way I can get up. Because if I can get up at 6 a.m. or 4 a.m. to go to the gym or go to the work, why can't I get up at 6 o'clock to get ready for the Lord? Um, right. And so that's how I had to start thinking of things like even in my life, like I start making it transferable. How much energy am I giving to other things or other people? And how much am I giving the Lord? And if it's getting to the point where it ain't even nowhere near compatible and the Lord is like here and the energy for other people here, how can I offset that? Um, and that's kind of something that, I, you know, I kind of sat with and had to come to the realization for, for myself, um, and to try to be, and ultimately try to be, I guess that was my way of trying to make myself accountable and or obedient to the Lord. And it's not perfect, but it was a start, you know? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So before we press, because um, suicide is like a real thing. So there's a lifeline, it's 988. If you call those, it's like a three-digit code, dialing code. But then the, the other number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. So in case anybody really needs that, there it is. There it is. Um, because, I mean, isolation, isolation is a word, and I know, Lisha, you just changed the word you used. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't sometimes like the word isolation, um, but I think it is fitting. Um, but I typically try to say solitude just because it makes it sound less, mm -hmm. I don't know, it makes it sound less forced. Um, but I, I really do think there is power in separation. And, and there are some people that will give you a sermon and they talk about how separation may lead to elevation. But I think it's really what you do in that time when you are by yourself, um, if you're intentional, because that's the word Ty asked us about or said specifically when she asked us that question. I feel like if you are intentional, especially when you're in that alone time with God, it's, it's much easier for you to focus on the word, focus on him um, versus hearing a noise, right? Like if you don't even have time to like sit by yourself for five minutes in a day, how can you hear from God when you, you ain't even processed your thoughts from the day? Um, so I think that having some alone time is definitely one way to recognize um, one, I guess what you should be doing or what, you know, you should consider doing, um, expectations, obedience. Um, but then too, I mean, that self-reflection helps so that, you know, you know, hold yourself accountable, but too, like, are you, are you really being accountable to what God expects of us? And I think that's a good point that you make because there, there's the, you know, the obvious things that we're told to do in the Bible in regards to being obedient. But then I feel like there are also things that God tells us to do individually um, or that he wants us to work on individually. And sometimes I feel like it can be kind of hard for people to maybe hear from God or maybe recognize that they're hearing from God. So you just kind of touched on a little bit of like what you do and making sure you spend you know, that time to actually be still and hear from God. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Lachelle, as well, when it, in terms of when God is calling you to work on something specifically, what are some of the ways that you, you know, actually are able to pause and hear what God is saying to you or which direction he's leading you in, in terms of things that he wants you to work on? Um, for me, I think it's the double C's, conviction and confirmation. Um, because again, like you said, like oftentimes, like one, like I think as a kid, kind of like you, 
um, I expected like when people like you got to hear from God and hear God your way. So I'm thinking, especially the the I'm not gonna call him a character, but the p- picture they paint when we kids, like he's Almighty, he's this. So when you think about mighty and strong and all these words, you think it's gonna be like demanding, it's gonna be loud, you gonna hear, like you gonna know when you hear him. And it's God gonna be like, opposite. Do this. Hey, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sit down. You know, and it's the total opposite, right? So I think um, for me, um, the spirit of conviction is always, and and I hate to say conviction is like always a bad connotation, but it's for me sometimes it's like teeters their line with confirmation because I might not be doing something that's deemed to be necessarily bad or wrong, but it can be deemed necessarily bad or wrong in the space or what I'm particularly working on, right? So it might not be bad or wrong for you, Q, or Ty, but I feel something in my spirit and my discernment to tell me like, this just ain't right. And then I think confirmation comes in different kind of ways. Like it's been a few things for a few times. Like I'm like, I need to work on this in, in myself. I'm like, and I prayed about it and all this kind of stuff. And then a random friend will bring up this topic or it'll be around about or at work, you know, we just happen to have a training and it's aligned with this. I'm like, okay, God, now I hear you. So I, I definitely think it's for me, it's conviction and confirmation. Um, now, do I always listen? Again, you know, the two people that be the, the 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 white with the pretty wings and then the bad with the little horns, you know. Um, but I do try to take heed. Um, I choose because I uh yeah, I just even I was joking early earlier singing Order My Steps. And I think that's one of the most underrated songs, like hymns of all times. Because if you really listen to the words, um, and if you truly mean those words, it's literally telling asking God to order your steps, order your tongue, order your mouth, order your everything that you do in his word and like and it's a cry for help because i want to walk holy i want to do all these things because i know my blessings are on the other side of heaven not in this earthly flesh i know that the blessings that that i'm expecting to receive like expectation waiting the expectation are going to come when i get to the other side however i also know the temptation and all these other worldly things are real as well so i want you to order my steps i want to be this person i want to walk faithfully i want to live holy i want to do all these things and i think i love this song so much because i'm asking to not only guide my steps but to help me fight off temptation because you give me free will you give me the opportunity to choose you give me the opportunity to make my own decisions but sometimes i know that my decisions are not your decisions and it's not the right decision so when it comes to that decision making mind this decision making time guide guide my mind to make the correct decision like so i think that this song just speaks so much to me because it does it speaks to the testament of your flesh fighting you know to do right you know but you, you 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 still sometimes become a victim of it. Um, so yeah, that's that's a good song. That is that. First of all, yes, that's that's the song for real, for real. And I think I've never even heard somebody say like the double C's conviction and um, Lord confirmation Jesus, and confirmation. Okay. But that is so true. That is so true because I feel like. Sometimes I I will feel things naturally, and when I think like first, also just to if somebody is coming into this newer in their faith and don't really understand when we say conviction, you know, like that that feeling when you already know, you know, this is something that I shouldn't be doing, or you getting some type of feeling in your body that's like something about this is is not what I'm supposed to be doing, and you have that. Mm, kind of mindset and feeling that's that's what I think of when I think of conviction and for me sometimes I will get that automatically but also when I'm maybe in a place where I'm just like okay I feel like I've been in this same space for a little bit Lord show me what you want me to work on you know I will actually sometimes pray for conviction like convict place conviction on me when I'm doing something wrong so I, I can identify what it is that you want me to be working on or the areas that I need to work on. Cause sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we do. And sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think even praying for that can help you to identify those areas. Um, and also I'm a big advocate for fasting. And I feel like when you fast, God will also reveal some things to you in a way where you like, Oh, okay. That's, I, that's what I need to work on. That's it right there. Um, and I feel like fasting just opens you up on a, in a spiritual way to hear God better and to also receive the Holy Spirit better. And that, I think, plays a big part in, like, discernment 
and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it really helps you identify those areas that you, you know, need to work on. And I think for me, (laughs) it's interesting because, you know, sometimes you have obedient, like God wants you to do something. God tells you to do something and it's something that you want to do. And you like, okay, God, cool. Like I got you, you know, like God might say, start a business or God might say, you know, jump on a podcast or introduce yourself to this person. And it's not something that, you know, we have any type of resistance against and we like, okay, cool. But then it's like, when God tell me to do something I don't want to do, that's a whole, it's a whole nother situation. And I think sometimes it's kind of hard. Well, not even kind of, it's hard when you are being told to do something that you are completely resistant against. And I know for me, sometimes I might even start off doing something begrudgingly and I have to get myself out of that and be like, okay, now you ain't going to do this for the Lord like this, (laughs) you know, you need to fix it. Um, But I try to think of ways that I can still hold myself accountable and being obedient Um, even when it's something that I don't necessarily want to do. And I feel like one of the ways that I do that is by sharing it with other people. Like if I tell, you know, my family and my friends, I feel like God is telling me to work on this. Then when I'm doing this thing, even though I might not in the moment want them to, they can hold me accountable and be like, well, you know, you, you said this is what God told you to do and you're doing the opposite, you know? And I think that kind of helps if you are struggling with being obedient because it's something that you don't necessarily want to do. That's real. And to your point, I just want to piggyback off something you said, which I think is so powerful, but I also want to let our listeners know uh, when you said that sometimes I pray for conviction. If you ain't ready for something, don't pray for it. Mm. Don't pray for it. Mm. And I, I remember I did snap, that, uh, snap to that. The, the dangerous prayer uh, theories on the Bible app. I know we mm-hmm. talked about that early on. And like, and it really opened my eyes because like sometimes we say things in prayer and then when it starts to manifest and facilitate itself through our lives and then it'd be like, oh, slow down. I ain't mean it like that. You know, come on now, wait a minute. Um, and, but when you ask God for something, you gotta be, well, one, you gotta be expecting it. And two, mm. you, you need to be prepared for it. So if you're not ready for certain things, because I don't want people to be like, Ty told me to pray for conviction. Don't you do that. <laughs> don't you do that unless you're ready. Now, if you're ready for that, like if your mind, heart, spirit, and body, and you in that, that place in your walk, uh, do, and that's for anything, not just for conviction. No, if you're not real. ready for it, and if you're not really ready, like for dangerous prayers and going back to like sitting in yourself and getting, like, if you ain't never been sick of yourself, to the point where you pray to get over yourself, child. That's a different. That's a different story for a different time for a different podcast episode. Um, but definitely, when you get to a point where you're praying those prayers and you really want it, it's a different level of, of freedom. And I just wanted to, mm. you know, throw that in there and let people know if they're not ready for that, don't you ask for that because it's gonna come. And I don't, well, know, I don't know if they're that's, ready. That's real. That's real. But I will say, even if you're not ready for it. Pray and ask God to prepare you for it. Amen. 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 You don't, it's some things we all want that we we may just not be there for right now. But it's nothing wrong. I mean, the good Lord knows your heart. So tell him what's on your mind. But then also ask, like, you know, help help me get ready for this. If you see it fit for me to have X, Y, or Z, prepare my heart, prepare my Mm -hmm. mind, prepare my pockets, prepare my family, prepare my relationships, like prepare my mental. Um, because some, look, you gotta ask. I know every time I think about something that I want, I don't know who drew the picture, but I think of like that. It's it's a little, it's a little white girl, y'all, with the tiny teddy bear, and then it's like Jesus with the huge, you know, the Valentine's Day right? Oh yeah, Walmart yeah. With like, the big teddy bear, and it's like, give me this, and you like, well, wait, I love it. But you don't even see that big old teddy bear behind them, right? That's sometimes what I think about. But, I mean, I think it's okay for us to just be like, you know, this is something that I think I want. And, Lord, Mm -hmm. if that's something you see fit to be in my life, to be in my season, help me get ready for it. Like, show me what I need to do in the meantime. Because we don't just go from A to C. No. So we might not be ready for C, but God, help me get to B so that I can see C, even if it's uncomfortable, right? Amen. So I, I think that's important. And, and and also praying praying to help 
us be obedient because I, I feel like I've had moments where like God told me to do something and I'm like okay Lord I got you and then I do the exact opposite and then I come back and be like alright Lord so this is what happened and now I need to know how like how do I actually do this because sometimes God tells us to do stuff and we say okay and then we go try to do it by ourselves and that doesn't make any sense because the Lord is the one who told us to do it so you know sometimes even if we feel like I don't know how to do this or I don't really know what this looks like because I haven't seen it done this way Lord I need you to help me be obedient in this situation and y'all the Lord he will speak to you and he will he will tell you <laughs> and you ain't gonna always like what he gotta say to yeah. um, but, on, and, but on that note hold up that you ain't gotta like it part I negotiate with God I don't know about the rest of y'all but I'm just trying to negotiate <laughs> like I I kid you not I prayed and I prayed on a certain situation and I prayed and I prayed on that situation and I was like, God ain't talking back to me like what is going on. And I had a dream that told me every single thing I needed to know that I was asking for. It took months, but it happened. And when that dream happened, do you think I did what the good Lord told me to do through my dream? <laughs> nah, sis. I was like, look, God, I if you, you move an inch, I will move about one centimeter. And I promise you, I'm going to get there. I'm going to catch up with you, though. I'm going to catch but up with you. Is that negotiating or is it just baby steps? Because again, at the end of the mm-hmm. day, his outcome was, it's still his outcome. It's, it's still, still going to happen. But, but you just going at a different pace. So I don't even necessarily think that's negotiating. It's kind of like, because nothing happens overnight. Like the guy, that's God true. might tell you that today that you're going to be a millionaire. And you don't, and in his plans, you're not going to be a millionaire until you turn 40. But since you heard from God that you're going to be a millionaire, you might think it's going to happen tomorrow. And that ain't how that works. So I I don't say, no, we can manifest some things right here in this song, <laughs> right now. Amen. I speak that over all our life. But I just say that to say that sometimes just because he gives you a message and delivers something to you, that doesn't mean that it's going to happen instantly. Right. And, oh, I, think that, and I think that even early on in my faith, that, that was something that. I don't necessarily I say I struggle, but again, when you know better, you do better. So I didn't know any better. You know, I, I wasn't studying the word. Like it wasn't until I went to this church in Kansas City that actually taught me how to study the word. And was actually, I love that pastor 83 because he was like, open up your Bible, open up your pen and paper. Like even if you ain't got your Bible, I'm put the scripture on the screen, but I'm needing you to take these notes. Like mm-hmm. that's when I really, and I have, I've been a Christian since I was four years old. I've been a member of the church since I was four years old, but nobody had really, like, I'll take notes, but it'd just be like, I'm jotting some stuff down and not no intentionality. He literally taught the whole congregation, this is how you take notes. This is how you get important parts. When you hear the pastor saying certain things, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you with it right now, but if you ain't in my congregation no more, this is how you look for pastor notes and things of this nature so it can be transferable. And I think a lot of people go, like, even church and how people are, I don't get nothing out of church is because we don't go with expectancy. We go to church, we expect for somebody to be all interactive, give you this message, then you go home, oh, yeah, and you forget everything about it. If we take notes in school so we can remember information, so we can take the test, so we can pass, so we become an expert in whatever it is, what is the difference with the Lord? You know, so we have to go to church. We have to, or even if you, you know, can't go to church, even though it's online and all these other facets now, but back in the day, you know, 70s, 60s and stuff, when you only could go on certain days, Bible study or whatever. You need to go into 7060. Since that was in the 2000s, what you talking about? 7060. We just, we just up in the game, baby. We just, we yeah. wasn't all there before. Okay, okay. Well, the early 2000s, the 99 to the 2000s. But you still got to take notes and go with expectancy. And you have to go. And I, and I really don't like, and this, I'm going to go off on a rant, but because I, I really don't like when people say, like, oh, church ain't for me. They just want your Monday, one, all these kind of things. If you go with expectancy, you, you're going to receive something. If you go with bitter and hate, you're going to leave with bitter and hate. When you, mm. If you go with a closed mind, you're going to leave with a closed mind. If you go with an open mind to receive the word and hear the word of the Lord and go for the word of the Lord, that's what you'll receive. And we all might be sitting in the same congregation to receive different messages because you need to go for what you need to go for, not for what you think the theatrics and the show is supposed to be like. Um, and I think that that's where a lot of people, especially... Um, our age kind of get it misconstrued and even when it comes to like monetary things and money and you know I don't want to give my money to the church you can tithe and offer in time 10% is 10% you ain't even giving 10% of your time to serve the Lord so even if you don't do it monetary I think all the time like people always think about monetary which don't get me wrong it is however if you don't have it to give because some people are poor you know like truly truly poor give your time 
What else can you do? What are you doing that is not serving the Lord? Give 10% of that. Give 10% of whatever you can do back to the church. So if it's babysitting the kids, if it's playing the piano, if it's playing the organ, if you have some type of talent, give 10% of that and replace it with your tithes until you can get to a point to give your 10% and stop looking at it from a literal lens. Uh, I know I just went on a whole rant, so I'm going to be quiet. No, now. that's that, no, that's, that's, that's good. good. That that's was really good information, good. sis. And I, I also, I think even to that, to that point, in that God sees your heart. You know what I'm saying? Like if God is telling you to do something and maybe you're not fully, you're not fully where you're supposed to give 10%, right? Maybe you're not mm-hmm. in a position to give 10% and you just talked about those other ways that you can do that. Or maybe I can't give to 10% yet, but I'm starting off with five and I'm going to build my way up to 10%. And, and to be completely honest with y'all, that's, that's how I got to my 10% because it took a minute because you know, you get paid. <laughs> you be like, God, you want all of that? Like, I got bills, you know? And it took me a minute to get there. But I think that's that's part of it. Like, that intentionality and even, you know, working up to how do I get to the place that God is telling me to be at? I might not fully be there right now, but I can get there by even attempting to be obedient to what it is that God is telling me to do. So that. That tangent was neat. <laughs> no, it, sorry, was, yeah. it was good. No, 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 you don't apologize. That was good. But obedience looks different. Uh, obedience looks different, right? And I know oftentimes money is one of the topics that will have people look the other way. But there is so much more going on. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even the way you approach people, like the way you communicate with people, if you're kind to people, Look, if you ask me, that's a part of being obedient, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you give back mm-hmm. to the community, if you volunteer your time, if you are helpful, like there are there are other things that you can do. And everybody can't sing and everybody can't play an instrument. But can you open the door and say good morning at the church to people? Because even then, that is needed. Because you never know. You you might be the first person somebody see when they get to the church. And you, there you go with your smiley face, smiling real hard with your mask on because you need your mask on. But smiling real hard, and, and that, that makes somebody feel good. So I feel like there are different ways to do it. I mean, now, before we get too far away, I want to go back to the baby steps. Because we talked about baby steps and negotiation. Ooh, I think, Michelle, you brought it up. And, you know, I, I kind of feel like baby steps are still an act of obedience. I feel that way. And a part of me kind of feels like negotiation <laughs> is is in part uh, obedience. But got, let me tell you why. Okay, because you got to me explain you this one. I mean, let, let me tell you she why. She really wants this negotiation to go I be, through. I be, let me tell y'all, I be, me and God be talking, I be like, God, I heard you, but can I just have, another, give me another month. Like, let me just, <laughs> get, g- give me another month. Like, I, I heard what you, I seen what you showed me. And I believe that to be the case if I keep doing what I'm doing. But give a month to to do better, to try to do better, to ease myself into the process. And I still feel like that is in part, I'm working towards what I believe God is asking me to do. Like, for real, for real, y'all. I'm not being funny. I'm not being funny. I legit feel like when you negotiate, it's, it's one thing if you say, God, you want me to do what? Go buy somebody groceries. Oh no, Lord! I need to go buy my X, Y, and Z. Right? It's another thing if you say, "All right, Lord, well, um, I hear you, and I'm gonna go grab them some groceries. I may, I may not spend it all, my little money that I was gonna set aside for people this month, but I'm gonna spend something and I'm gonna go get them some groceries. Right? Like I feel like that's a step. Like that is a step towards being obedient and doing what it is that God asked you to do. It don't mean you're gonna be perfect the first time, or the. <laughs> What a twentieth time! What a twentieth time, Lord! But, but going back Jesus to that picture, the little, a little, little bird. So just think about how blessed you are right now, right? In this sense, in this, you know, it took me twenty time, fifteen, thirty, whatever it took you. But thinking like the illustration you just talked about with the bear, what if it didn't take you as long as you was just like, okay, God told me to do this, I'm gonna do this, and boom! Soon as you got, soon as you gave him the little bird or gave them people them groceries. He turned around and gave you a grocery store, you know, right. what if, you know, so I think that's important. Again, I'm not saying don't negotiate because we all got to move on our own path because 
I I mean, I don't call it negotiating. It. I just be, you know, talking and then I ignore and act like I can't see or hear. <laughs> and Lord Jesus, I'm blind. <laughs> so, I mean, legally I guess, blind, I can't see. <laughs> I guess we all do have that form of negotiation. Uh, I just ain't going to use that term. Um, but it just goes back to that point where, you know, what if we did act, you know, or move when we feel the spirit of conviction or the spirit of obedience coming across us to do so. And instead of we, and instead of God, instead of us telling God to wait, we just automatically do. And then we mm-hmm. can read the, like what would those fruits look like, but we'll never know. Cause we always telling him to hold on. Well, like, you know, he like he ain't almighty. Right, I'm speaking to so myself. Cause, cause God You're is God. To too, and girl. we got to remember who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what, Lachelle, and that that makes me think of the story in the Bible. I think it's in Judges. Um, this when they talk about my homegirl Deborah, and they talk about um, you talking about Gideon. They talk. You, no, no, is it is it Gideon? I thought it was, Gideon thought is my homeboy. No, I said my homegirl Deborah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Gideon because he asked the Lord for three confirmations. First of all, well, yes, that's that's one, and and we're gonna get to Gideon because even even needing that conf- confirmation is is important, but. Um, if y'all don't know about Deborah in the Bible, first of all, it's 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 I love Deborah because um, you know, what women in the Bible, I feel like you really have to be intentional in pulling out those pieces. Like everybody doesn't just stand out. I didn't learn about Deborah till I was grown, but I said this lady is a boss. She was a whole judge in a time when women weren't even doing this. But anyways, so um I believe his name is Barack I really think that's his name but God called him to do something he was like you know I need you to um I can't remember the exact part so y'all please forgive me charge it to my mind and my heart judges? um yes but he was supposed to be going um into battle and God was like go Deborah had had this conversation with him telling him like this is what God is telling you to do and he was kind of you know apprehensive about it and so um he ended up saying okay I'll do it but I'm only going to do it if you come with me that's what he was saying to Deborah you know and so the Lord said okay all right cool she can go with you but now instead of you being the one who is going to I can't remember who the person they were after instead of you being the one who is going to get him and end all of this he's going to be delivered into the hands of a woman and and he ends up running into this woman's tent and she ends up killing him and all of the whatever he was doing wrong was the problem was fixed. But the original person who was supposed to be responsible for doing that, they didn't end up being that person because of that negotiation. So it's not that God didn't still use him in that situation, but it changed that outcome a little bit. So mm-hmm. even when we think about Yes, we can negotiate with God, but we might be delaying our blessing mm. or mm. we the blessing might turn out a little bit different because he needed us to be ready, you know, in that moment. And and so, I mean, I'm not saying I you have to you have to your relationship with God and your journey with God is yours. But also understand that God's will is going to happen regardless. So even if it's not you, it's going to happen. And if God got to move without you, he gonna move without you. He ain't forget about you, but he go he can he's gonna move forward because there's there's purpose behind what it is that he's telling us to do. Mm-hmm. Can, like, we, can we talk about I'm Gideon? Because oh, Gideon was Gideon Gideon was my homie because I said I told my sister jokingly after I read that was in Judges too. I said you might as well go ahead and call me Gideon from now on. Um, so Gideon in Judges he was from like. I don't want to call it the weakest tribe, but he was from like the lowest of the low tribes. And an angel came to him and he was supposed to be the one to lead them into battle um, and save the save save Israel or rescue them from, from whatever was going on. Y'all go read Jesus. But ultimately what he did was he, he was like, all right, God, I think you got the wrong person. I <laughs> was like, no. And he was like, well, if it's me, I'm going to sit this cloth or this this piece of fabric outside and I want you to make it rain outside and just leave the cloth and make sure the cloth is dry. So the next morning, Gideon goes outside and he look at the cloth and he's like, all right, well, it's still dry. Everything else is wet. He's like, well, God, I need you to make the cloth wet and everything else dry. So God did that too. So he, he literally went back three times before he was like, oh, he's not playing. This, this is for real. This is for me. 
And I think that that story in general, it also just shows that we can we can ask God for confirmation, right? What? I won't absolutely. say we negotiating, but he can, <laughs> I, look, let me tell you. But absolutely, because even was it the story of Moses when he brought his brother when he was like, oh, God, I can't do it because I'm not a public speaker. Mm-hmm. So then, so Aaron. So I think, like, you know, we see these examples in the Bible, and, and each story deli- delivers something different. Like, and we can see the different scenarios and the different outcomes. And I think that, you know, and those are lessons that we, as we're reading the Bibles, we're learning. Um, so, I, and I don't think there's nothing wrong with it, but I also think that um, that comes with the conviction. And, like, when you know better, you do better. You do so, better. again, early on in your faith, of course, like, you know, how do you know it's God if you just start believing yesterday? You know, like, that's just not common sense to just be like, you know, I'm going to go, like, how do you know? You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a part of your faith journey is asking those questions, is asking for confirmation, is, for lack of a better term, negotiating with the Lord. <laughs> um, I want to do it. I think all of that is important, and I don't think that it should cease or desist, but once you get to a level of your faith when you have a clear understanding and you and you understand how the Lord speaks to you and how you hear from the Lord, then you clearly know his voice, right? So at this point, like, that's where that level of accountability come in at. So now I know that this is God. I know, you know, he's not going to steer me wrong. I know this, I know that, I know this, I know that. So I think, uh, I think that's where the line kind of tickles for me. But I definitely don't think that, it, that we... Because we all do the negotiating. We just do it in different forms of fashion. Uh, for lack of a better term, I don't think we're necessarily wrong, but I definitely think that when we get to a certain point, we should start holding ourselves accountable. And even going to God and saying, you know, Lord, I want ready. Or even like, let, like I'm ready now, you know, you know, or and then sometimes stepping out on faith because if you never act on faith and we just keep going based off common sense or all these things, are we truly trusting in him if we never act on faith? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm about to say trust. You yeah. everything you just said ties back to trust. And sometimes mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta build that because some some things that you hear that you receive from God, they not know you know, y'all know how they be like, pray for big stuff, pray like bigger than your imagination, just think mm-hmm. big. But that also means you have to trust big. Like like you have to you have to trust, right? Like there's trust in this whole situation. Because the good Lord can tell you tomorrow what his vision is. And if you don't trust him to do it, are you really gonna move? Um That's but I think true. that that comes from I think that comes from I hate to say it, but Christian experience, and I'm using air quotes y'all. Um, but it, it comes from witnessing um or hearing of other testimonies, it comes from just your life right what have you overcome um what kind of scenarios have you made it out of that you didn't think you would make it out of i think there's a lot that goes into it um so i think negotiation confirmation um the 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 trust stepping out on faith all of that may look different for each of us um Mm -hmm. as we walk through life um as we grow in spiritual maturity as we grow in our faith i think it all looks different but at the end of the day y'all it's a bigger teddy bear. And I'm, I'm just it saying is. It, it is a bigger it's, teddy bear. And I think even even when we talk about like this idea of like this compromise or needing confirmation, um, I really think a lot of when we're trying to be obedient to God, it it takes faith. It really does. And even if you only have y'all know the mustard the mustard seed of faith, God can use that. You know. And Mm -hmm. so he can, he will give that confirmation. And I think even when we think about the fact that obedience looks different, um, also the way that God speaks to us and tells us to do stuff is going to look different. Um, And, you know, it takes, I think it takes uh, time to be able to recognize what God is telling you to do or where he's calling you. But I also think that when I think about, how you grow in this area sometimes you just have to you have to just step out on faith and the thing is sometimes God tell us to do crazy stuff y'all stuff that doesn't make sense to us at all because we don't think how God thinks the Bible literally tells us God says my thoughts are not your thoughts my Uh ways are not your ways and so he will tell us to do stuff that doesn't make any sense to us at all I can even think of at the beginning of last year I didn't have a job I wasn't working I was out here door dashing. I was out here trying to make something shake. And I was applying for jobs. And 
you know, seeing certain things and I'm like, oh, I can do this. I can do that. And God was like, just wait, just wait, be patient. I had a job offer. <laughs> I had a job offer. Um, I could have moved to a different state, lived in the same state as my best friend. Like, and I was ready. But as soon as I got the job offer, I felt a heaviness on me. And I really had to go to God with this. And God was like, no, that's not for you. And as much as I wanted to just be like, this, this makes sense. I'm not working. I don't have money. I got bills to pay. I need to be able to support myself. This makes sense. They was paying me well. God was like, no. And so I had to be obedient. It sounded crazy to me, but I had to be obedient to what he was saying. And now where I am, I can understand exactly why God told me not to take that position. I can understand how he was using that moment to put me somewhere that I needed to be. And I had to be okay with that. And even though during that time I had to pray over and over and over again for confirmation, make sure I wasn't going crazy. And, you know, I, people probably looking at me like, so you just ain't going to work, huh? And I'm like, listen, y'all, the Lord is telling me to do something. I know it looked crazy to y'all. It looked crazy to me, but I'm, I'm being obedient right now. So I think that's another thing and just trusting the process. And even when it might look crazy to everybody else and sometimes even look crazy to you, you have to understand that the way that God works is not the way that we work. Um, and, you know, I could I could go on a tangent, but what I, I'm not going to. But what I will say is um, a great sermon to watch that I just recently came across that I think is really good in that area and helps speaks to that. It's a, it's a sermon called Recognizing God's Answers um, by T.D. Jakes. You can find it on YouTube. And it, it really goes into depth about that and how, you know, we will be praying for something and God's, God answers our prayers in a way that looks different than we expected it to. Um, so with that being said, we have reached our time. So um, anybody have any closing thoughts that they wanted to add or any comments they want to make before we end this podcast session? I think uh, the only thing I would say is all them other words we threw out, just sprinkle a little bit of discernment on there. And, you know, you got a perfect path. Come on now. Because discernment is a lot, too. That's a whole different topic, you know. So when y'all praying for them other things, pray for some discernment. If you don't know what discernment is, we can open up next week and just let y'all know what the definition is. Um, But, (laughs) yeah, just I think you should also pray for discernment and Google it, too, if you don't know what it is. Absolutely, absolutely. I think the one thing I'll add, um, find your people. I feel like when we started this podcast, episode one, we talked about different habits we had, um, accountability partners. Um, it's, it's one thing to do this walk alone. And yes, I think some things require you to be, I won't call it isolation. I'll say in solitude so you can hear God clearer. But I think there is power in having accountability partners to help you along the way or people you can confide in along the way. Um, So just as you are being obedient, as you are trying to be obedient, if you are struggling with being obedient, if you have a trusted person that you know has your best interest at heart, don't just be going to anybody now. Right. Because they might lead you wrong. They might. Uh Hello? You jumping off the cliff with them. But just, (laughs) again, discernment, but make sure that you you can talk those things out with people but you can also journal them out by yourself mm-hmm. because that is also powerful you be at, you be you be surprised now you start journaling and you go to write one thing and god got you writing a whole another thing and down on your paper just happened to me yesterday so just take take <laughs> take your time y'all take your time but just be mindful of of having good company keep good company find spiritual partners find accountability partners um, and talk through when you're struggling because you don't have to be embarrassed, right? I think we all have our struggles. Yeah. There's, there's things that, you know, we all have to have one day or there's things we're ready for and we ain't seen it and it don't look like it's coming no time soon. Um, pray about it. Ask God for it. Ask Amen. him to prepare your heart. Ask him to get yeah. you ready. Ask him to clear get your path. Okay? Do all of that. Okay? <laughs> I'm getting ready. Hey, and so don't be afraid to lose people ready for overflow. That too, getting ready for overflow. Come on, that too. That's something that I ain't you, never seen. Because some of the people that you confide in now is not going to be the same people you confide in when you get on this walk or continue your walk. Like you're going to start mm-hmm. seeing people fall off, and that's okay. You know, you can love them from a distance, mm-hmm. but this remember that your faith journey is your faith journey, and all your friends and family or loved ones might not be on this journey. They might have been completed theirs or continuing theirs, or might not even be interested, and that's okay. 
And I think that there's something that uh, you got to be ready mentally, you know, because your your friend group is gonna change. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, and it's okay to have each one teach one mentality, but don't let it drain you. You got to mm-hmm. be careful not to let it drain you and not to let it hold you back. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to close this out in prayer. All right. Um, Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to come together and to talk about you, God, and talk about our journey with you, Lord. I pray that the words that we spoke, the things that we talked about, that they would penetrate someone's heart, Lord, and that it would draw them closer to you and allow them to grow in their walk and to be more obedient and to hear you clearly in the things that you're calling them to work on and calling them to do, God. I pray that you protect each and every person that is listening to this podcast, that you continue to watch over them, that you continue to pull them in close to you, God, so that they may continue to walk in their purpose and walk with you. In Jesus' name, we praise and thank you for all that you are, all that you do, and all that you have done. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. All right. That'll do it. All right, y'all. Another opportunity for us to keep it real. May the good Lord bless you and may the good Lord keep you. Until next time, Triple Faith signing out.